It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, Podcast. Uh, and it's uh, it's already time to get uh, geeky and nerdy about high school football, which uh, this show has an expertise for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it's not that far away. Camp starts in, what, just over two weeks, which is way closer than I'd like to admit. Because on the one hand, you're like, summer's gone. But on the other hand, football. Uh, it's it's mid-August. Didn't we just wrap up? Yeah. Didn't we just do that Algonac uh, softball game like last week? At least it feels like it to me. Right. But yet it's it's been longer ago than I want to admit. Yeah, we'll have what Richmond and St. Clair, Marysville, Almont coming up sooner than we'd like to admit. But we are going to have a lot of coaches on, and we're going to start it off. Yale's Garrett Grunman. Coming in, talk some BWAC football. Dennis, anything else before we get started? No, I want to I want to get this uh, going so that we can get uh, Garrett on and uh, start talking some football. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, Replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Ah. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. 
Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Garrett Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Derek Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Derek Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magnet International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magnet is a proud sponsor of Blue Water area high school athletics. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810-987-6400, extension 132. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. It's time to talk some football. Uh, and one of my favorite things to do, time to talk BWAC football. Um, and uh, something else that uh, we've got Garrett Grunman here, third season now at uh, Yale with the Bulldogs. And second season. Oh, the state has him down as this is his third year. Oh, we've already gone. <laughs> yeah. What the state's gotten wrong already. Okay. Well, they, they, they have you uh, an extra year at, uh, at Yale, but th- that's okay. Uh, and uh, just trying to get things back on track here and get the culture right because uh, I'm certainly been around for, for 30 years. I'm used to a BWAC where the Yale Bulldogs are right in the mix. Uh, and it's it's a game on everybody's schedule that nobody wants to play. They especially don't want to go to Yale Park 
and play yeah. the Bulldogs. Yeah, you know, we've been working hard the past couple of years to get culture culture right. So, uh, you know, get that uh, hard work ethic. I, I tell the kids time in and time out that our best attribute has to be our ability to work hard, get in the weight room, build the right culture of success, and everything will, you know, kind of breed from there and we'll, we'll, we'll build that winning culture. So, Anytime there's a change in a program, whether it's um, a new coach coming in, another coach left and you replaced him, whatever the thing is, it's always hard to instill your culture because people are used to doing it the way they like to do it. When you came in, how hard was it or how easy was it to kind of get the buy-in from the kids and start laying the foundation for what you want to have happen? You know, the buy-in was actually uh, pretty pretty good. Um, coming from off the COVID year where the kids didn't hardly have much of a season right. and they didn't see a whole lot of success, you know, it was actually relatively easy because these kids were ready for change. They were ready for a new culture. Uh, being a team in the past 30 years that has run, you know, double wing or wing tee, something of that nature for me to bring the spread there, uh, kids got excited about it. And uh, there was plenty of opportunity for them to get in the weight room, and they were hungry. And uh, granted, we didn't see a whole lot of su uh, success in the win column with winning two games, but culture-wise, it was a huge success because these kids bought in and uh, pushing these kids to get into the weight room to be better men and to ultimately, you know, create that conducive environment to be successful. Uh, again, wins and losses. I, I know it's important. But I, I'm I'm looking at were you competitive, uh, and especially the second half of the season, I see that the the gap gets smaller, uh, mm -hmm. and that the opportunity to win games presents its, itself. And uh, you got a really nice win against uh, Imlay City. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened in the Algonac game, but uh, you were a score away from winning that yeah. one. Yeah, well, you know, we looked at our schedule and we knew going into it that the first couple of weeks were going to be tough, uh, you know, having, you know, Croslex, Elmont, North Branch near the beginning part of our season. And, uh, you know, as the season went on, we started we, we started to really see the, the successes of some of the schematic things that we were putting into it. Offensively, uh, you know, we were um, – we come off and we put 28 points up on Annapolis and uh, we were pretty confident in there. And then, uh, you know, we went through growing pains and it's going to happen. But uh, uh, Nate Woodard, my defensive coordinator, kind of really dug his foot in uh, within our defense after week three, week four, and uh, did a good job because there's some teams that had some pretty great offenses. You know, Armada was pretty uh, – pretty tough running the football um and uh we were you know richmond they they had some good things uh some great position players and we, unfortunately we weren't able to get some offensive things going but we did defensively step up and uh you know um one of our motivators for this season was i believe we were we gave up 207 points and we scored 93 that is a motivator for us because we know within the spread that we can score points we just have to do it the right way and then hopefully the defense can maintain and get better as the season goes Goes on. Well, you talked about your schedule. You basically played the top half of the PWAC standings your first four weeks. Almont, Croslex, North Branch, Armada. But you're right, the defense. 43-44, then to 35, then 27, then 21, then 6-8-21 to finish out the year. Like Dennis said, that's noticeable growth. But during that first half of the conference schedule, you're, it, it hurts. You, you see the bigger picture. You know where you want to take them. 
But to get a 16-year-old kid to go, mm-hmm. all right, we just lost 44 nothing to our rival, but this is a step this is a step we need to take. How hard is it to get kids to kind of see the bigger picture after in a tough stretch like that? You know, it all comes from leadership, you know, not necessarily from the coaching staff, but from the kids. Uh, we picked uh, four to five to six uh, kids that were going to be leaders in our program. And we explained to them, you know, wh- what was going to happen is that we were changing everything. And they knew going into it that our success wasn't going to be evaluated by wins and losses. It was going to be by what culture we built. You know, and some of the things that they took out of it was, you know, coach, they would always say, coach, I know that we only won two games a year, but that was the best football season I've ever had in my life because they understood what they were building and what could potentially be there in the near future. And they know that they're setting that foundation because moving forward, you know, maturity, it takes maturity. And these kids were mature about it. They worked hard. They led these kids in the right direction. And it was it was seamless. And these boys really kind of took into it. And now we're starting to see the the uh you know the hard work and the foundation that they've laid as we go through the summer having 50 60 kids in the weight room having 30 kids at seven on sevens and team camps where we're pushing 75 80 kids so you know they're they set that foundation it's it sometimes it just takes one little step in the right direction for everyone to kind of jump on board and to to head that way i think around the area people have finally figured it out but outside of our area, people still don't get it that the BWAC is really good football. I mean, two-thirds of your schedule made the playoffs last year, and that's basically your league schedule. Yeah, it's always been that way, even when I went through school. Uh, we usually traditionally have one, two, potentially three teams that make three, four rounds into the playoffs and even the state championship. So the BWAC is very tough. Uh, you know, I have family that lives uh, in the Tri-Valley Conference area, and they always say the BWAC is dump, and I'm, I always defend them because I'm like, yes, you guys have state powerhouses too, but we do as well, you know, on the D4, D5. Uh, even now, there's some D6 schools. So, you know, we do have competitive football, you know, and uh, moving forward throughout every year, it's, it's a different team each year. So it's not like we have one team right. every single year that, that makes the second, third round. Just off the top of my head, last year, Croslex made the regional final. The year before that, North Branch was there. I think the year before that was at the Elmont, Elmont. Yeah. final State year. State final year. And then you get you into the, the Algonac, Algonac run. Algonac. And that, now you're back seven, eight years with a team like you and said. And then even Elmont, Elmont the year before then. Yeah. You haven't even mentioned Richmond yet. Yeah, yeah. Richmond. Or, <laughs> Richmond. And then you go back to when Croslex made the semifinals and – I've named half the BWAC. If you want to go way back when KPAC was still in the league, yeah. they had a run in the 2000s. But, yeah, the, the league is so tough. But even since you were in school, it's changed a lot. I'm sure when you were in, you it was the black and blue conference. You yeah. had to get ready to get beat up. Now you're seeing a little more spread, a little more yeah. speed, a little more finesse. Mm-hmm. You guys, obviously, cross Lexa, you look at the numbers they put up. Richmond even has gone to a little more wide-open look. You still have the traditional ones, Algonac last year, North Branch like to pound it. Almont. Almont as well. But you, you can widen it out a little more in the b Yeah. You know, when I was going through school playing football 04, 05, 06, that was the Jason Vandermass bringing the spread in. And we were kind of, that was unconventional. You really didn't see that much at all. You know, he's an Elma grad. He went to Elma College and, and he brought the spread offense and everyone was kind of ooh and awed by it. 
you know, and uh, we had some great success. And Jay going through, I think he won maybe six, seven conference championships within 10 years. And uh, people, you know, football is going to always adapt. And the BWAC has adapted as well. And uh, you're looking at a lot of these teams that go to the state championship. You know, when you go one through four, divisions one through four, a lot of the teams that make it to the state championship are pro spread, if not mm -hmm. pro. And then you get to the six, seven, eight, five, six, seven, eight. They're more of the traditional wing, wing T, running off tackle, and then mix in passing game. But I mean, that doesn't just say that they do that, but football has evolved and it, it's definitely within the BWAC as well. well. You look at last year's schedule, you had to go from Almont running the wing T yep. to Croslex who wants as few linemen on the field as possible most of the time, back to North Branch, who's going to run the wing T at you. As a coach, how hard is it to kind of bounce back and forth and go from game plan to game plan? Like you know, it's – I wouldn't say that it's something that's, you know, super difficult. I mean, we're all trained to prepare, be prepared within seven days or five days mm -hmm. to prepare for a season or for a, a week. And uh, going from the spread, me knowing spread relatively well, granted, he's, do I know everybody's system? No, but, you know, we kind of pull off each other's strengths as a coaching staff. And we've got coaches that were coaching wing T, coaches that to coach wing, double wing, you know, and uh, especially being uh, within the BWAC for, Oh man, better part of a decade now. You know, I you, you learn some of their tendencies and things like that. They learn our tendencies, and then they get better. We get better. So it is a challenge every single year. But it's you know it's one of those where you got to get ready for it. And regardless if you're ready, they're going to be there. Was there like a, a most I guess encouraging moment for you guys last year where you looked at the the, the whole thing and, and you said you know what. We are going to figure this out. And we are going to get better. You know, there were two instances. Week one, before our varsity played Annapolis, we had a JV team that played Clio. And we were at the park. And every single varsity football player after the game was on the field celebrating with the JV team because they'd beaten Clio. Mm -hmm. That was one of my aha moments because we were creating the right culture of not only do we want the varsity to be successful, but we want the lower levels. And we want those guys on varsity to show as much enthusiasm for their teammates who are below them as the lower levels do for the varsity kids. And then our homecoming game against Emily City, um, we knew that we knew what they were capable of. And they played to their capability against Emily City that week. You know, we scored 34 points. Um, we were able to run the ball. We were able to throw the ball. You know, and it was one of those moments where we prepared, they executed, and it was great. So those were two moments, and the kids were super excited and and happy and knew that they were headed in the right direction. So those were two, two moments that I knew, I think we got something going here. We just got to continue to build. Right, because that ended the, the rough stretch we talked about earlier, and like we alluded to, you got a little closer each time, and then to finally kind of just unleash that pent-up frustration, yeah. it had to have been just a great feeling in that locker room after. Well, it was, especially with it being homecoming. Um, we kind of created a new tradition with, I don't want to say new, but kind of brought back a tradition of riding the fire truck to the football field from 
uh, our warm-ups. We do a little bit different with our warm-ups is we warm up in our practice field and then we do the walk to war to the park mm-hmm. from the school. And at homecoming, they got the fire truck out and they had the parade. And then we did our warm-up, got on the, the fire truck, went to the park and the kids were amped. I don't think they said a word on the fire truck because they were so focused and ready to go. They were ready to knock somebody's head off. And it's that kind of focus and aggression that, that those kids had pent up over like three years because they hadn't had a whole lot of success. So um, that was their first BWAC win in three seasons. So for them to get that win, it was, you know, we're getting this monkey off our back. I think we're ready to kind of take and put our best foot forward. Walking from the school, I don't think I'd mind. But if you're making me walk back uphill <laughs> after a game, not so sure how I feel about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. I mean, I mean, it's it's all relative. You know, you're regardless after a win or loss, you're still thinking about football, and it passes really quick because you're, you know, you're still adrenaline's rushing and things like that. What should I have done or what we did great? Those type of things. But I get where you're coming from. You know, having a fan from the stands coming back. Oh, I gotta walk all the way back to the car. Oh man. But, but uh, for me, it's not that much a uh, you know a difference. So. So the spread, a lot of people hear spread and they're thinking, okay, there's going to be four receivers and they're going to be throwing the ball all over the place. But today's spread is as much a run offense as it is a pass offense. Absolutely. I agree with that. You know, uh, granted, we do try to take what the defense gives us. But, you know, the way that I was taught and the way that I was coached to, to run the spread offense was spread them out, take what they give you and then make them defend as wide and as deep on the field as possible. So if you can spread the ball out and really kind of, you know, beat them over the top, then what are they going to do is they're going to drop a safety or two and kind of clear up the box and you can run inside. But if they pack the box, then you're able to throw the ball. You know, with the evolving of the offense within RPOs, within, you know, you know, kind of different motions with deception and things like that, you know, the spread offense is not a spread to throw necessarily, but more of a, a spread to run, if not a spread to take what they give you. So to put it in terms for the average football fan that might not geek out like we do sometimes on here, where the wing tier, those you want to get deception and you want to get people moving the wrong way. The spread, you want a lot of one-on-one matches. Yeah. And you want you your, want your athletes me, in space. You're trusting that you're going to beat me one-on-one. Yeah, you want your athletes in space. You know, you want your, your best four wide receivers, potentially a jet or a tailback. Uh, maybe you go into an empty set and you have a outside a linebacker on a tailback, and I would take that matchup all day long. You know, if they bring a safety out of the box, then you can run jet and maybe run a counter or something out of that because then you recognize the fact that there's no safety over top. If you run it, if we go empty and we run jet, we know that there's no safety over top, so it's zero coverage. So you'll be able to throw the ball over top, right. you know. And and then if they do leave that safety or run a cover two shell, then that means that they've got potentially six six guys in the box and you should be able to run the ball you know if they run a 51 you know that middle linebacker better be a son of a gun if they run a 42 they leave a gap or if they run double a gap and three one tax within the defense you know d uh, d line you know you you just got to see what they give you and do your best to try to take it within the spread so so realistically at yale when, when you're making a switch over to this type of an offense how long should it take for, for the kids to get it all figured out where they can execute it the way you want it done? If I had an answer for you, <laughs> if I had a legit answer for you, I would have loved to have said last season, but we were still growing. You know, we were young. We had uh, five, six sophomores up 
on varsity. Mm-hmm. Our quarterback was a sophomore, uh, receivers, DBs. We were young, you know, and uh, I'd like to have said, you know, we, we had it completely figured out by Emily City, but we were still learning and growing. You know, I think that uh, this season we're going to take some big strides and that we're, you know, hopefully able to average more than 10.2 points per game and get out there and score some points. Because, I mean, I'm used to, like, the the years that I coached in the past, I think, you know, we were averaging 30 to 35 points every single season. You know, so we'd like to get back to that tradition of scoring points and defending well. But uh, back to your question, I think if, if I truly knew that, we would be 9-0. and you know, but I do know that we're headed in the right direction and uh, the boys are willing to learn. Well, let's hang on to that note. Yeah. I do want to talk about some of your players coming back, who, who we should be looking out for in a Yale Bulldog uniform. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about a lot of the uh, Yale Bulldogs to watch on the gridiron this year. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company located at 2975 Lapeer Road or call them at 800-250-7520. Neiman's Family Market located in St. Clair is family owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products specialty items with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli and they do party trays check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials coupons and recipes open 6 a.m to 9 p.m all week long visit neiman's family market in st Clair. you'll be glad you did what passions do you want to pursue next in life do you want to be a sculptor a volunteer teach your grandkids to fish your ameriprise financial advisor dave betts can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future with the right financial advisor life can be brilliant Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Offices located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. 
Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Looking for a new career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of positions and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers. Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. Our guest is uh, Garrett Grunman, head football coach at uh, Yale for the uh, the Bulldogs. Uh, and we were just kind of uh, talking kind of r- to wrap up our thoughts uh, at the end of the first break. So, obviously, the bar has been set higher this mm-hmm. year, and the expectation for what you're going to get from your players is higher. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we always expect to get better on and improve. Now, uh, I, I'm not going to go out there and say any records because you practice and you prepare to win every game. You know, and we are very confident in our ability this year, offensively and defensively. You know, but uh, I don't want to put any uh, you know locker room bait for any team out there. Well, I love when you see the headlines in training camp. It's like player says the Lions can go sixteen and zero. It's like, what do you want them to say? Yeah, we're eight and eight yeah, at best. Like exactly. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. You don't want your players going. Nah, we're going to be somewhere in the bottom of the league. And, <laughs> right. You know, maybe there's two or three games we can win. No, you, you don't know, want the, that. The phrase that we we continue to say is that. Uh, this season was made for us to shock some people. I think that's essentially what we're looking for is, you know, improvement and for people to understand that we're here to stay and that we're, we're going to work our butt off and do everything possible to be more competitive and to get to that point where, you know, hopefully, you know, sooner than later for us to, you know, compete for a conference championship, make the playoffs and make some runs. And if history tells us anything about the Blue Water Area Conference, every year there's one team that does something that we weren't expecting. Armada was that team last year. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we went in uh, at the Armada game, and they're tough. Man, they were downhill runners. Uh, they really didn't have a whole lot of deception. They had some play-action stuff, but it was downhill running. Their middle linebacker was a stud. Their tailback and uh, their uh, tight end and quarterback, they were all great athletes. Uh, they had an outside receiver as well that, that could run by pretty much anybody in the league. Um, but uh, they, they went out and played some good football. And uh, uh, who did they lose to in the playoffs? They lost to a Corona, Corona. the, the week before. They, I, yeah, it was a close game, and I think they had five turnovers in the game. Oh. Like, they were, like, negative four in the turnover yeah. department. Yeah. And then Corona almost beat Marine City the next week. That was 21-14. Yeah, you know, I, I look at Armada, and that was his second year at Armada, too. So, you know. Uh, a lot of the things that we continue to say is that, you know, after your first year, your second and third year, you're going to see your biggest growth. And that's what we're looking for is growth, success. Uh, and, you know, now that we've built that positive culture, we're going to continue to build to be successful. Well, building that positive culture, you get, you said you had a lot of returns. You said, what, six sophomores were up last year. Yep. If if you were to shock people every week, um, like you're saying, says who would be the guys whose names that maybe me or Dennis or the general people don't know that hopefully by week five or six we're talking about, did you hear about this kid at Yale? You know, uh, I, uh, our quarterback, Connor Jakubiak, he's probably one of the nicest kids you'll ever meet. Um, down to earth, hardworking. He's a nose the grindstone kind of kid. Our uh, our tailback, uh, James Taylor Barr, also a kid, power lifted, plays baseball. Uh, some receivers that we've got, um, we've got Ryan Monarch, who is uh, Jakubiak's cousin. And then uh, we've got uh, Jeremy Griffith, who is a slot guy who also plays defense. Um, our middle linebacker, Caden Proctor, is uh, he's 6'3", 220 pounds and moves That's a big boy. really well. Uh, he he was a state uh, state placer at powerlifting. I think he got ninth or tenth in the state. So you know we've got some great kids that are going to go in there and compete that work their tail off. And you know hopefully you know all of that hard work that they've done. You know I don't want to leave anybody out. We've got tons of kids that are going to go in there and contribute. You know, but uh, I think that as we move forward, uh, those boys will be our constant. You know that you'll hear. And, uh, you know, within offense and defense, you know, as we grow and continue to see, there's going to be some kids that you that I don't even met that didn't mention that are going to be that way, too. Yeah. But already, like I came into this, yeah. man, I don't know anybody at Yale. And they just graduated a bunch of, uh, you know, like the big names that we yeah, talk about the all the time on, the on baseball. But every name you just mentioned is a name I recognize from basketball or baseball. Yeah. So I know you've got athletes. Yeah, yeah. You know, we uh, the junior class that we have uh, is a they're very strong, and the senior class has some nice pieces as well. Uh, we've got a couple sophomores that'll come up and compete too. So, you know, we're uh, we're definitely looking for some great things. You know, and these kids, I I can't praise them enough on how hard they work. You know, they're in the weight room. They push each other. There's great leadership, even even in the junior class. You know, mm -hmm. they they will push even the seniors as well, and the seniors do a great job of pushing the juniors. So, you know, I think with that, you know, kind of teeter totter of competition, that'll you know prove to be successful. Of course, I think one thing that Dennis and I have to remind ourselves of is they are kids, and some of these kids are still growing. Yeah. So a kid you didn't really talk about as a sophomore, didn't really pay attention to. By the time the season ends, there are kids that will be three inches taller, mm -hmm. 25 pounds heavier, and you go, as a coach, you must go, 
oh, this is nice to see. Yeah. Like, like just a late bloomer. Yeah, I've uh, every single year that I've coached, there's always been at least one senior that steps up and and you know has a great year for us, something that we did not expect. And every single year it happens because they're just late bloomers and they put it together. Uh, you know, they mentally start to learn the game better. They're physically able to perform it too. So, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk type thing. So they're in there, they're putting the time in, they get better. And, and, uh, this year we're, you know, I would like a couple of them. I'd like a right. couple <laughs> kids to come in and shock I'm us sure every say, coach in the BUAC would like yeah, a couple. Yeah, in the state of Michigan, they're like, man, I'd like 10 of those kids. So, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. We're, you know, we're pretty blessed with, uh, kids that want to work. Well, what are the numbers like? I mean, is is there any struggles getting kids interested? Are you, are you getting enough to come out for, yeah. for football? Um, we have enough for a freshman team, but our, our conference can't support freshmen because they don't have enough numbers. Uh, between us, Croslex, and a couple other schools within the conference, uh, we can have – some of us can have a freshman team, but we just can't find games. It's right. tough. And then the GTC has JV teams. Sometimes they have games, sometimes they don't. So it's a logistical nightmare for us to schedule these. And right. we don't want to go all the way out to, you know, Big Mac schools and get mollywhomped on and then these yeah. kids get discouraged. Yeah. So it's been a constant battle. So this year we're doing a, a you know, we're having a JV team. Um, we're probably going to be pushing 80 to 85 kids in our program and then have about 20 to 25, maybe hopefully 30 at the eighth grade level. Uh, there's never been a numbers issue at Yale ever. Uh, kids want to play. And so for that, you know, it's, it's one of those where it's a blessing, you know, and we just want to continue to get those kids where they need to be. How much of a, or how nice, I guess, is it that you don't have to worry about numbers? Because sometimes you even look at some bigger schools, mm -hmm. and you'll see these D2 schools, and they'll have 28 kids on the sideline, and you're just like, how nice is it to have basically a second string at every position? Um, you know, it's it's convenient. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's, it's nice to not have to worry about the, you know, um, dropping a, a program or, or something like that. But it also in return as a coach is difficult because then you have 50 kids on a JV team and you want everyone to play and you right. want to encourage them all, but you can't always be successful and provide that convenience to every parent, to every athlete, but you want to show that you're supporting them and you care for them because you do, but you also want to be competitive because as a high school football coach, you know, your job is to create that positive culture, be a role model, and to win football games. Right. You know, and if you go long enough within any school district and not win football games, they're going to start looking, you know. And so it, it is a great thing, and it can sometimes be a curse as well. I think most people get it. Like, the bottom line is, at this level, everybody wants to have fun. What's the best way to have fun? Win. Yeah, that does cure a lot of problems. It yes. certainly does. When you start winning, that, that definitely – uh, pacifies a lot of people who could be angry. Well, yeah, we had well, Scott Evans on the other week, the baseball coach at Richmond, yep. and he goes, you know, sometimes practice might be a little monotonous or we might have to do things that aren't fun, but you know what was a lot of fun? When they won a district title in yeah. baseball and they're taking pictures with the trophy. What's fun going to Michigan State and playing in a state semifinal? That's a lot more fun to me than having, a, that, he said, than having like a goof-off drill in practice. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that 100%. So, um, circling back, you talk about returning your quarterback, 
And you know in a spread offense, if you have a quarterback that you don't have to worry about coaching, that he can coach on the field, has to help you out a ton. How how nice is it going to be having Connor back in a second year and not you're not teaching it to him, you're hoping he's coaching on the field? You know, um, Connor is one of those kids as a student of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and even our uh, our other quarterback, Josh Craig, who's going to be a senior, is a student of the game. Josh Craig is going to be playing probably, hopefully, not step off the field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he is one of those kids where it is such a blessing to have him on our team because, you know, hopefully this doesn't happen, but if we have an injury, he's going to be one of those kids that steps in and plays immediately. Mm-hmm. He plays the defensive side of the ball. He's going to take some tight end, some wing reps, some slot receiver reps. And then Connor is going to continue to do Connor things. He's going to lead them. Uh, he's more of a lead-by-example kind of kid. He's not a big rah-rah kid, but he's going to be the, hey, this is – this is what we're doing. If you have questions, you know, I, I can answer him because he literally does his best to learn every schematic situation within the offense. You know, and he's he he is an offensive-minded kid. He's kind of built like I was when I was <laughs> in school. He, uh, you know, him and I both love offense, and we lead pretty well by example. And when we're throwing on defense, we're almost just like, you know, I, I'm on the wrong side of the ball. You know, you know that, right? This doesn't happen often. You just feel lost. <laughs> right. You know, but instincts do kick in. And uh, it's nice to have him back. And even, you know, with him being a junior this year, even next year, too. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of growth that's going to be happening. You know, that's going to happen because I have him for another, at least another 18 football games. No. What what's what's the perfect world? Is it uh, four fifteen play drives that end in a touchdown in each quarter, or four plays where you bust it for eighty yards and just score? Um, <laughs> I like the one where we end with the win. I like, is that is that a, is that a, is that an option? You it's know, an option. Um, I would say in situations, you know, I just uh, the offensive jobs put points on the board. You know, and uh, it doesn't matter how it comes. In my opinion, uh, we could go out there and bust one like one play for 80 yards and put up seven points, and then the next play we could grind out a 15, you know, play series for 85 yards or whatever it may be. But uh, points are points, and defense wins championships. But you still got to score points as well. And you know, uh, me and Coach Woodard, who's the DC, the defense coordinator in our, our program, we work really well together, and we kind of jab at each other in practice, hmm. make it competitive for the kids, and. And uh, we always compete and things like that. But uh, to answer your question, points. Yes, <laughs> lots, yes, lots, lots of it. Yeah. You, as long as you end up in the end zone, it doesn't matter. It doesn't what. matter how we got there. It could be special teams. It could be, you know, an offensive play, defensive play. Uh, points are points, and we want lots of them. Now, now as a defensive guy, I'm hoping for the, fi- the well, not maybe not 15 plays, but at least like five or six. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a second to take a breath, get, right. a, get a swig of water, that, and that get the has, adjustment. That has always been the, the funny aspect of running the spread is you could literally bust a play find a seam and score at any moment. And uh, it might be one play and the defense is like, I just got off the field off a yeah. play drive. We stalled out at the 30-yard line. And goodness gracious, here we are again back on the field. But uh, like I said, is is when you're putting a pressure on the other team to score, take them out of their comfort zone, hopefully it makes the defense side of the ball a little bit easier. So, so week one, um, you're playing Annapolis. That's a school that we didn't know existed <laughs> until we looked at your schedule <laughs> yeah, last year. Yeah, my first um, year there was the same. Yeah. Uh, Lutheran North, your, your finisher, they're basically the closest non-BWAC MAC team to us, so we know about them. But how, how Annapolis? Um, 
I was kind of gifted that when I when I came to Yale. It wasn't really one of those things that uh, I looked out for and said, "Hey, let's get Annapolis." <laughs> but uh, our um, superintendent, when I first got there, graduated from Annapolis. Okay. And I don't know if that's how it came to be, but they were on their schedule before I got there. Okay. And so both Luther North and Annapolis were both games that were scheduled before I was able to become the head coach. Um, but yeah, it, I, I agree with you. They're a division four school. Uh, they don't have a JV team, another instance, right. low numbers, but, uh, you know, we're going to be looking for a JV week one, but, uh, yeah, it was just one of those, we go to their football field and I had no idea this place even existed until we played them. <laughs> and it was, it was a competitive game. You know, we had a lot of fun with it and, you know, coming into my first year at Yale winning week one was pretty special and we got to enjoy that one. So it was, it was a good time. So you, when you played, it was obviously under the old playoff format, and you coached under it. Yep, six now, wins, you're in. Yep, it was very simple math. I can count to six, Dennis can count to six, makes it easy for us. Yep. Now it feels like I'm taking college-level math sometimes to figure <laughs> out who's in and who's yeah. not. Do you like the change? Do, would you rather have it simple, or is you know, it not think, really much of a difference? I think in both aspects, um, it's better than what it was when it was in the 90s when there was only a certain amount of teams. Yeah, yeah when it was like eight or 16 yeah. teams made you know, it. You, you so could no. go eight and one and not make the play. You Correct. could go nine and oh and not make the playoffs. I think that the system that they current have, currently have respects all of the teams that should be in the playoffs. You know, you look at some of those schools that play very, very tough schedules, and they got in. There was, I believe there was a school that got on at four and five and won their week one. I don't know what division it was. I might might be lying to you. but No, uh, Powers was three and six, yeah, weren't they? And they, and they got yeah, in. They won. So they're, they, you know, I think it, they – did they win their first one? I know they got in. I'm yeah. not sure if they did or not, but it, I think it respects the strength of schedule, and it also supplies an opportunity for teams that, you know, um, didn't win as many games as they should have to get in. Um, but, you know, the stresses of six wins, it – it's easy for me to say as a football coach to just go out there and try to win every single game, you know. But uh, I look back on some of the instances that I've coached in the years past, and, you know, if they had the current system that they had now four years ago, we would have made the playoffs at four and five because we had more points than the teams that got in at five and four. You know, and I'm, who knows, there was a team below us that was three and six that had more points. So, you know, uh, strength of schedule means a lot, and I think it takes that into account. Yeah, I mean, the, the complaint we always has it's less strength and more size of schedule, where if you get a bad D1, that was always our complaint. It's who would you rather play, a struggling D1? Like Lance Cruz North, they've been struggling the last two years. Mm -hmm. Would you rather play them or Marine City? Which one is more impressive? That was our thing is it relies too much on size, assuming bigger equals better when it doesn't all right. the time. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is oh, Powers it, lost to Corona, by the way. Was it Corona? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Corona beat Powers and then, Powers Car and then Armada oh, yeah. and then yeah. lost to Marine City. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong with the, the, with the current playoff system, but if you lose to a good team, it's not as bad or as – yes, I guess it would be as bad as if you win against Yeah, because you team. still get the bonus points. Bonus so if points. you So you lose to – De La Salle, yep. and they go, they win the rest of their games. You get bonus points for the eight other games. Yeah. So that is the the thought there was, you know, schedule a tougher team, and you don't, you still get rewarded for losing to a good team. Yep. Yep. I think it's fair. I mean, I think it's beyond fair. Sometimes you got, when I was going through school, you would notice some schools that, 
they, I mean, I don't want to say to be mean, but they play in a cupcake conference. They win six games and they go get obliterated week one in the playoffs. I think it creates a more competitive playoff where teams that win four or five games might have a chance to go out and win against a division school that's the same size as them. So. Yeah. Well, I, I always just looked at it, and this just my, my own thing, is that if you weren't supposed to be there, you get exposed, and it's usually oh, yeah. in the first week. Yeah, like what fun is it to go to the playoffs and lose 55-3? to three? Like yeah. you, you got there, yay, and you got invited to the dance, and then you got a wedgie, and you got kicked out and thrown <laughs> in a dumpster. Like you were technically there, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm always going to be grumpy anyways because then I, I, I looked at years. I'll use Marysville as an example where I knew they had really good teams, but they draw a, a just a, a stupid district mm-hmm. where they've mm-hmm. got to go play against teams that they've got no business being on the field against. Yeah. And you, 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 yeah, you, you go 9-0 and or 8-1, or and one, and then you got to go play Country Day on a Saturday and lose 75-6, to six, yes. and you're not that bad. Yeah. They're just that good. They're that good. Yeah, without a doubt. So I guess last question before we go to a break. Dennis did mention that how good some of those teams can be. You know that the, the Ford Field level good teams. Yeah. They're a different level. They're, it's yeah. like anything else in life. They're up here, and there's a big gap. It's it's not doesn't take as much to get from like a one or two win team to a four five six win team. Mm-hmm. It might take more to get from four five six to playing for a state title. Yeah. level. Talk yeah. about just how to get to that point. I know it's one step at a time, mm-hmm. but you know that next jump is probably the hardest one. Yeah, you know. Um, being a former collegiate athlete, you get to see some of those kids who play for state championships and the level of uh, athleticism. You know, Willie, as they say, is like Willie's and Joe's. You know, mm-hmm. You're going to have ebb and flow in every single season within Willie's and Joe's athletes. But uh, the thing that you consistently see in teams that win and are competitive at the state level is they work their tail off. Mm-hmm. And they have opportunity to work their tail off. Not only are they gifted – not only do they have a chip on their shoulder, but they work their tail off. And it all stems from opportunity to get better. So utilizing every OTA day, utilizing four to five days a week in the weight room, you know, providing them with a training and with knowledge that will get them to the next level. You know, I mean, even youth programs, they start them at seven and eight years old, and then they go all the way through the system playing the same offense and the same defense to master. Well, it's funny. I always joke that you go to Marine City, I could go to a fifth grade classroom, and you have a bunch of kids that could draw up like 10 wing T plays that they yeah. run every single game. Exactly. You know, these kids. I think they run them in taffle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. They, they, they know the system. They know, and it's like a. It's one of those where it's almost like a little little mini football like cult community cult where mm-hmm. they they are they know what they are they know what they do and they execute it week in and week out and that's not just you know Marine City that's the Elmonts you know that that is the schools in which they're extremely competitive that's like the country days you look at right. the Salles. regardless of who is at the helm they're going to be successful because it's been bred in them from day one that they are going to be competitive. And some of those latter ones you named are there solely to win football state yeah, championship. Yes. That's why those kids are there. Yes. Yep. Without a doubt. All right. We'll uh, take our final break, and then we'll be back with more. Uh, Garrett Grunman from Yale joining us today as we're finally talking some football here on the uh, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast.
Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 810- 987-2185. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. 
Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and Garrett Grunman joining us on the uh, podcast today to uh, talk some uh, football. (sighs) I know. I love it. I know. And don't these interviews go <laughs> not, by fast? Yeah, they do. And not that I, I don't enjoy Like, we, we talked basketball with Coach Jameson. It's great. Talked a lot of baseball there, yeah. ra- wrapping up. the. This, it was great. But, like, come on. When high school, it's football. Football's king. Love I've learned it. to accept it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You get Anytime you get close to August, you get excited. You know, even you look at Saturdays. Saturday's college football, mm. Friday night's high school, and you got NFL on Sundays, and that's like my entire weekend. So I love yeah. football season. It's just a different feel in the air when you yeah. go out and you're playing a rivalry game. And let's say it's Yale. Well, Yale with the BWAC, we can talk about this. It feels like every game's a rivalry game in the BWAC. Yeah, we're, we're all really – relatively close to own i mean granted elginax out there but they they're far from us but uh you know you look at croslex and us we're within 17 miles you know so it's every everyone's pretty close to each other i can tell you that and then you just have so much familiarity yeah that even if elginax way out there they've been playing against the same kids in every sport since they were 10 years old yeah they they all the kids have developed relationships with kids from other schools and you know, they're good, they're bad, they're ugly, you know, they're rivalries. <laughs> they go out there and compete and have fun. You know, that is something, uh, I guess football's a little bit uh, different than the other sports because we see it with the travel ball. Like, we just had the two girls from Elmont, yeah. Koenig and Johnston, playing against each other in Oklahoma City in some big national mm-hmm. travel tournament, you know. And, and and you see a lot of that where the kids, they all know each other because they all play – basketball or baseball or softball or volleyball Mm -hmm. together intermixed with all the kids that they then play against in high school yeah you know i think football is a little different because they do have seven on seven leagues but there's no travel aau football right because you know granted that would be such wear on your bodies that's why i think that you know when it comes to football season is there's not necessarily that whole you know, relationship build. It's more with the opponent. It's more mm-hmm. of the let's take their heads off. Yeah, you, you can still hate people in football. Yeah, it's it's one of those where you dislike them and you prepare to physically beat the snot out of them every single week. You know, and I think that's what creates that different type of environment. Of you know, I love Saturday 
afternoons throwing a sweatshirt, hooded sweatshirt on, mm-hmm. you know, pulling my Michigan hat on backwards, watching, you know, Michigan Wolverines play. And granted, that's my team. My twin brother likes Michigan State, so we got a little rivalry <laughs> going there. But, you know, football does bring that energy and that love and passion. And it's, you know, everybody has a tie to football, whether right. they like it or not. But everybody has a tie, and, and it's just that fun culture. And I think that this will be true about every single BWAC school, is that if, the, if any school had a, six, had a run, you saw it with Armada last year, you've seen it, we documented it earlier. If a team's having success, that city is going to show out for that team. Oh, yeah. And even conference schools are going to show up as well. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I look at Armada, I look at Croslex, even Elmont in past game years is uh, Elginac. Yeah. I was at their playoff games, even though I was coaching against them all year long, is you want your conference teams to go deep into the playoffs because you want them to prove that our conference isn't a joke, that we are here to play and we are here to compete in every state tournament. Right. So that's the unique thing that we kind of have, too. See, I was always spiteful as a player. I was always, <laughs> if I can't have it, I don't want the other person I know to have it. I yeah. want some stranger <laughs> to get it. Like, yeah. if I lost to Marine City, I wanted them to lose the next you know, week more than You know, I would say anything. even as a player, I was that way. But more of a coach is you've developed these relationships with the other coaches in your right. conference. And you want them to be successful. Granted, you know, I've, I still have some friends in Croswell, and I tell them, it's like, I hope you guys go 8-1 and one next year. <laughs> You know, and the one right. loss being against Yale, you know, and uh, you want them to be successful because you know that the, it's it's like a, a frat, the coaching frat, where mm-hmm. you, you want them to be successful, but you don't want it to be on you. Right. So you cheer for them. You hope that they're successful. But when you play them, you want to you want to beat the heck out of them. But I mean, ultimately, it's it's better for everybody if everybody is good and if everybody's winning games. Uh, again, I go back to what I said in, in the first segment. A lot of people outside the area don't take the area serious. So the more teams that do well, the more exposure little Yale is going to get or little Croswell or, you know, we we don't know where these places are. I find it funny outside of the Blue Water area, everybody has a niche of, oh, well, the reason why they went that far was because they had the easy road. Yeah. I'm like, how do you get an easy road to a state championship? Right. You might rarely you might be able to fluke your way to a regional but then you'd get exposed like anything past that you're legit right so i i find it funny outside of the blue art area you know i I have friends and went to school with in saginaw they're just like oh but i'm like there's no but about it there's no but about it we're competitive we play high caliber football and it's uh it's a great area to play football that was why it felt so good when marine city just stomped portland because the only thing I heard was, oh, Marine, like you said, Marine City had the easy road. Oh, they, they got to beat everyone up in their area. Now Portland's legit, and then they just they killed them. It was awesome. Yeah. And I think and the one thing that Dennis and I have noticed since we've been doing this is it seems like there is a lot of support. It doesn't matter the sport, whether it's someone big like Port here on higher Northern, someone small like Mooney or mm-hmm. another BWAC school. Like Algonac softball run, people want to see their community do well. Yep, without a doubt. You know, you want them to be successful. And even those surrounding schools, you want them to be successful too. So, and ultimately, you know, you look back at it and do you want to win every game? Yes, but it's not about the coaches, mm-hmm. it's, it's about the kids and it's about the community. And that's what you want is success for your kids, the community, and surrounding areas too. 
And that's kind of the way I, I look at the BWAC more so than I do the MAC conferences. The, the, the B, okay, the BWAC is eight separate communities, but the BWAC itself is a community. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. I would agree with that statement because we, we all, for the most part, we all pull for each other outside of conference play. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Are you going to be rooting for Armada, uh, Richmond, and Almont to beat the three MAC schools in the, I guess, you the know, local crossovers? When I was coaching uh, in Croswell, uh, we played some MAC schools, and our, mm -hmm. our thing was is like the BWAC has to show up and compete against MAC schools because everyone sees the BWAC as an inferior conference to the MAC. And so we go in there and we compete and we would beat these Mac schools and they're just like, oh, well, you know, look at the caliber of Mac school you played. Well, yeah. It, it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Every year it's frustrating. Uh, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, I saw a great Crosslex Port here on Northern football game to open the season one year. I think it was seven to nothing. Seven to nothing. Yeah. Um, I was uh, an assistant over there. And, year. and the, the Crosslex St. Clair series a few years back. Yeah. Those were. Weren't there like Those a bajillion points in there? Oh, there was like games. a 49-48 game. There were just some great so games. Actually, it was uh, Croslex against Marine City, 48-49. That would have been when Ryan Fabry was the quarterback. Uh, I was still in college at that time. My brother was on that team. Oh, that, that was a playoff yeah. game, 49-48. So wow. the funny thing about that game was that Croslex, I believe, scored more touchdowns they did than than North uh, than excuse me Marine City did. But Marine City was able to kick field goals, oh. extra points, and Croslex <laughs> couldn't. How so that was the kicker, literal kicker, is yeah. that they couldn't kick a field goal or an extra point for their life, and they lost by one point. Um, well, I guess, side note to that, how important is having special teams in high school? That feels oh, like goodness. something you don't realize how important it is till you go, ah, crap, we don't have anyone who can punt well, the ball. I mean, I go back to, I look at, there are plenty of games where you think of special teams were the deciding factor in that football game mm -hmm. you know i look back i mean you look at cross lex playing freeland last year two punts fumbled they scored on those drives and it was a close football game prior to that you know and was that indicative to the outcome of the game who knows it might have been it might not have been but you look at it and that's what really shifted the motive the the uh, mojo was that special teams you muff a punt you get a kick return you know the motivation is really switched when you have a good special teams play and it's huge. Special teams are huge. You know, uh, motivation, is especially uh, in in football, it can change quick. Things can happen fast. The game can mm -hmm. speed up. How tough is that? Like, it, it's got to be fun when you're the team on the roll. But when you're the team getting rolled, it, it's it's like yeah, it it's can tough. get away from you real quick if you don't get a handle on it. Yeah. Well, for instance, last year we were playing uh, North Branch and. Uh, five minutes to go in the second quarter. We're down 14 nothing. We're on a good – we have a decent drive going, and we fumble at the 30-yard line going in to score. Uh, two plays later, they score. All right, so it's – I mean, I want to say 330 left. They kick to us. We get the ball. We go three and out, and we fumble the punt. They score. We come back. We fumble the kick return. Mo. It's all Mo. Right. Is that they – we weren't able to respond. So it's 35 to nothing at halftime. 28 to nothing at halftime, excuse me. 28 to 35, one or the other. And we weren't able to turn any of the tide because, uh, you know, it was just uh, nothing's going our way, the old pity party. Right. And we come back in the second half and we put up 14 points and, you know, we outscored them. Who's to say that they didn't have their ones in, but the kids came back and battled. But it's the whole Mo thing. It is mo momentum. 
Yeah, because even 14 to 3 is so much different than, like you said, 28 nothing oh, or yeah. whatever. It and it becomes... can happen like that. It right. It can happen like that. So, um, Dennis is going to roll his eyes when I ask you for some help with this. But you talked about playing some of the other MAC schools. I need your help forming the Super BWAC and getting Marysville, St. Clair, and Marine City out of the MAC and just getting uh, – and then find a 12th team and just have a 12-team BWAC for us because I'm tired of Marysville, Lamp, Fear. I don't need that game anymore. I, I would love the idea of that. I think that would be great. I think that they'd have to shift up divisions by size and by competitive level. You know, I mean, granted, Marine City is going to be, you know, enrollment-wise, they're not they're going to be probably right. one of the lower ones. But competitive-wise, they're going to be darn near the top, right. if not at the top. I, yeah. just, I just go east-west. You have four teams, well, count cross-lex, five teams just, just on the cross, water. Yeah. You right know, there. I, I've always been in favor of that because if, I don't know if you I don't know if you were around, but the, the old scale. You know, yep. you think of the old scale and how competitive the scale was. Mm-hmm. That, that's, a, that's fun football. You know, and granted, BWAC is tough as it is. Can you imagine having a St. Clair, Marine City, and a, and a Marysville in the BWAC? That would be, oh man, that would be crazy. That'd be great. We I have several that. times. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Many we, times. We've done on shows the, on it. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. What if? Yeah. What if, yeah. <laughs> what if we just I, just put them together? I know that there's been, you know, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, other sports being provided. Like we can't provide hockey. Nor can we provide the BWAC because we don't have hockey teams, we don't have swim teams, and things like that. So I think that might have something to do with it. But you know, just for you know selfish reasons, I would right. love to see that happen. That'd be fun. Well, Northern hasn't been a MAC hockey team for how long? And I don't think the MAC is going to kick out swimming teams. So yeah, I think, that's yeah. I I I I think if you have those programs, they can find a place yeah. to play. Yeah, like uh, teams aren't going to. Uh, leagues aren't going to turn away teams. Mm-hmm. And we say this as the people that don't have to do the legwork for yeah, it. No, or make yeah. the schedules or there's, do any of that there's stuff. There's a lot that goes into it, you know, uh, especially with scheduling games. So I'm, I'm kind of doing that right now with our JV team and some of the schools that don't have JV or freshmen. So we're kind of in limbo. Scheduling is a, it's a real thing. It's tough. Yes. All right. So let's talk about Yale Park uh, because <laughs> – that is the age-old tradition. Yes. It's not going away. Uh, and, and I don't dislike Yale Park. I'm just – I'm a broadcaster, and it's a nightmare. Yeah. Okay? But also, I could see the advantage uh, of wanting to keep that and how that helps the home side. Oh, yeah. I The environment at the park is great. I love it. You know, uh, when, when I was a player, having my own fans literally on my back – with you know we had a wire and then we had stands right behind us on the visitor side and like a 1910s baseball it, and, <laughs> and that's that that's what kind of makes it the nostalgic feeling is that my like i talked with my dad and my dad's so he's like garrett he's like i love that park it's it's awesome you know it's uh, one of those where it's you don't see it and for it to be at yale and for me to be a part of it is like i like it you know i uh, there ha- has its disadvantages sometimes, you know, not having uh, a locker room down there or having to walk from the school. But we create our own traditions with it, you know, the walk to war. And uh, we, we go by – it's funny, we go – at halftime we go uh, by the creek behind our the little storage, the community – Yale Community right. Storage Shed back there and kind of, you know, that's where we do our preparations and adjustments at halftime. But uh, the environment is second to none and – 
you know, I know some people aren't real fond of it, but I think uh, it's a tradition that's going to stay and it's going to stick around. And if I don't like it or if I do like it, it's going to be there. So I might as well embrace <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, might as well. And so I, I just I, can't I've come to terms with it. And I, I just like can't it. help going to a, a ball, a baseball game and keep looking over at, at that football field next to the baseball team going, why don't they play there? Why don't they play there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it, it is a really nice practice field for you oh, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's probably one of the best practice fields in the state of Michigan. You know, yeah. it's a great crown to it. It's it's got a you know field goal post track around it. It's where we run our track yep. meets and things like that. But you know, I I think it, uh, it definitely creates a different type of feel when people come down there to have that advantage. You know, people don't cross country can still use the park. <laughs> <laughs> That's Yale football down yeah. there. That's Yale football. Yeah, Put the soccer field in the park. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, with the um, Yale park, obviously it's a grass field. The BWAC still has a decent amount of grass fields, mm-hmm. but those are becoming more and more of a rarity. It do is. you, as a coach, do you notice a difference when you game plan? Do you take it into account, or are you just so used to it it doesn't really make a difference? To be honest with you, turf is one of the ultimate equalizers because mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about um, mud. You don't have to worry about as much slipping. Uh, kids are faster. Uh, the only thing that you know you kind of worry about is how hot it gets because you have the, the black rubber pellets. Right, those late August and games. It, yeah, those, those get really, really hot. You know, I played college football on turf. I played college football and high school football on grass. And, you know, it doesn't really matter where you're playing because you have to play the game regardless. Right. And I always tell the kids is like, you know, there's nothing you can do to prepare for for turf because we don't have access to turf, nor can we get ready for turf. So we just go out there and practice and do our best to, you know, mentally and schematically prepare. See, I always felt that going from grass to turf isn't that tough. It's going from always on turf Turf. to then going to a mud bowl or going to a park to play is where people get messed up when they've played seven games on turf and now you're on grass and you're slipping and sliding everywhere. Yeah. Well, and it, it all kind of stems from when you practice on something so long as your body gets used to it. Like when a receiver makes a cut Mm -hmm. on turf, he doesn't always have to respect the fact of keeping his feet within his hips because he doesn't slip so much on grass. If you don't keep your feet within your hips, when you're making a good hard cut, you're going to slip and fall. Right. So when you're not used to that and then you go to grass Especially in, in, you know, October, November, oh boy, you're, you're, you're hurting. You really are. It's going to be, it's going to make a difference, you know? So, you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't think uh, it's as big of a difference in high school football as it is in, you know, professional or collegiate football, because it's a lot, a lot of teams go all turf. Yeah. So that's all they play on. Yeah. So. So what did we miss? What about Yale football? Do we need to know? Do you want the people to know? I know you don't want, don't put any locker room material, but just <laughs> something that like if someone in Algonac or someone in North Branch is just curious about what to expect from Yale football, what would you tell them? You know, I don't think it's any secret is that, you know, we're we're working our tails off. You know, we're going above and beyond and these kids are hungry. They want to compete, they want to play. And, uh, you know, we're going to give it everything we have to be competitive in the BWAC, you know, uh, and even, you know, our first part of the schedule with the readjustment, realignment of our schedule, you know, we're we're looking to go out there and, you know, start our season hot and to, to remain, you know, continue to move forward from there, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously with the season room is is full and that right. we're, we're ready to work. 
Well, I feel like get after it. people are going to know real quick because after Annapolis, you go Armada, North Branch, Richmond, Croslex. Yeah, and that's honestly, uh, that's the way it's always been is as long as I've been a football coach is that we have a three. It's not like we have a, you know, a top-level team and then a middle mm-hmm. of the road, then a lower, then a top. It's always been you know, either bottom heavy top end or yeah. top end, you know, of our schedule. So we got to come ready to play week in and week out. And the other teams in our conference better be, better be ready to. So, well, we're going to find out real quick. But, Coach, thank you so much for coming on. I know you're running around busy with everything, getting trying to get Yale where you'd like it to be, build the culture. But uh, it's always great to talk football and – you did, you did a great job kicking off our coaches series. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, go Bulldogs, I can yep. tell you. Good, good luck, and most importantly, stay healthy, yes. uh, and let's get yeah, Yale through a healthy, successful season. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you much. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.